I got to, I got to see a, a beautiful example of the impact that our beautiful Catholic Church can have on somebody in a difficult time just yesterday morning. Um, I, I mentioned this in a homily a couple of Fridays ago, I believe, but there was a family um, up visiting from, from Costa Rica, visiting the attractions here in Orlando. They came up a few weeks ago, and it was a, a father, a mother, and their, their two young daughters, and the mother was pregnant. Now, she had been instructed by her physicians to uh, have a routine ultrasound when she got to Orlando. I'm not sure why that was the case, but those were the instructions, and the ultrasound took place when they arrived to Orlando to, as I say, go to Disney World and Universal and SeaWorld and have a fun family time. But sadly, when that ultrasound was performed, they found that the baby that was in the womb uh, no longer had a heartbeat. Um, this was, needless to say, tremendously heartbreaking and challenging situation for this family. Now, they, they got word of the Kingdom of Heaven ministry that is performed at Queen of Angels Cemetery uh, out at San Pedro Center, where I'm blessed to, to work and be a part of that. They got word of it through the hospital, and they heard the word Catholic, uh, Catholic Cemetery, and so they called us up. And when we talked to the, the dad, the husband, he was very emotional, and he said, we are devout Catholics. He's like, he said, and we, we, we know that this is a baby and that this baby deserves a proper Catholic burial just like any other life, which was very faith-giving to us at the cemetery to hear that and very sad but inspiring. And so they went through a lot over the last couple of weeks, and we won't go into all those details, but yesterday their baby was laid to rest in the warm embrace of the Holy Catholic Church. How beautiful. How beautiful for them to stand on that, that hallowed ground at San Pedro Center and where our bishop has consecrated the ground in such a special way. Their, their baby will rest there, and they go home to Costa Rica, certainly heartbroken, but with a certain level of peace that the church has to offer. And thank, thank God for our bishop putting the church on a mountaintop, a city on a mountaintop. Isn't that what the Catholic Church is supposed to be? This is what we are called to be in the world, brothers and sisters, as a church, a place that people can see from far off and understand that there is safety, there is love, there is joy, there is peace there. And, and, and they know that they can set their instruments by that city on the hill and move toward it. And this is what we all have the privilege to be a part of. Yesterday morning, I had the, or I'm sorry, it was Friday morning, the days are getting away from me, I had the opportunity to preach a little bit about St. Ansgar. It was uh, the Feast of St. Ansgar. He was optional to St. Blaise, who we, we know for the blessing of the throats. So I had never noticed St. Ansgar before, I'm ashamed to say, but I learned a little bit about him. And he, he demonstrated another neat lesson and what this means to all of us and what it might look like for each and every one of us to try to be this light in the world, to try to be a part of that city on the, on the mountaintop. Um, St. Ansgar was known as the apostle to, to the north, to the Nordic territories, to Sweden, to Denmark. And these were extremely pagan areas, and we're talking back in the 800s. 
but you know, in Ansgar Sounds, it's how fitting that he would be the apostle to, Vi to the Vikings, right? With a name like Ansgar. He sounds like he stepped out of Lord of the Rings or something. But he was, he, he, unlike, not a mighty warrior, <laughs> he was a very modest man of God and a very loving man. And he, he brought Christ to people through his humility and through just humble acts of mercy, love, joy, and peace. Something that was not in high supply in, in those regions at that time. But he, he showed people something radical, something new, like his Lord Jesus Christ. He got on his knees and he washed the feet of the poor, the unhealthy, the afflicted, the outcast, those on the margins of society. And he tried to bring Christianity in. Now, if you ask St. Ansgar in his lifetime, he might have felt like that mission was, was something of a failure because it, he, he never really got to see sustained um, consistency there with the growth of the church in his lifetime. He would get some churches built, he'd get things going, and then another pagan king would come in from another region and burn everything to the ground and they'd have to start over. So he went away and he came back a couple of times under the direction of the Pope at that time. and. Uh, um, he performed lots, lots of acts of kindness and love. He was a light in a dark world, even though he himself never really felt that he was. Um, he, he never really felt that he was making the impact that he did wind up making, because as we can see, even though Christianity was not firmly established in that region in his lifetime, it was established 200 years later. 200 years after his death, it became firmly established in the Viking areas and the, the, the Nordic countries. And uh, we remember St. Ansgar to this day, not because of the huge accomplishment that he made in his lifetime, but because of those simple acts of mercy that he was capable of to be a light in the world and to show people Jesus, to be a part of that city on a mountaintop. So Jesus calls us today. He tells us, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Jesus has given us a beautiful gift. And we see here in the past couple of weeks, it talks about that call to discipleship. Come after me and I'll make you fishers of men, fishers of men, women, and children. This is what our call is today. He put that out there. Last week, he talked to us about the Beatitudes. How are we supposed to live our life? What gifts are we supposed to share with people? What is the identity of a follower of mine? It's to live the Beatitudes. And now today he tells us basically, you've been given these gifts. I am light. I'm giving you light by association with me. And you are to carry it out into the world. We don't take that beautiful gift, that lamp that Jesus lit for us, light in a dark world, and put it under a basket. It just doesn't work that way. As many people in this room, they will know that I didn't make up this next statement, but Christianity is not a spectator sport. And, and uh, my Curcio brothers and sisters, I think, recognize that one. <laughs> but, but it's not a spectator sport. We, there are so many beautiful things about it, but it's not there to, be, to keep it to ourselves and watch the goings-on of the world or watch what the church is doing. No, it's to be, we are the church, and it's to be a part of the church. And it, it, we, we are to be a part of the church. Jesus calls us to the sacraments. He shares himself with us even more intimately than these people that he was talking to here in the gospel today. We have received Holy Communion, and we will receive it again tonight. And we've, re, we've received the sacraments of reconciliation. We've had our love sanctified at marriage. 
baptism, so on and so on. So we are truly connected through the sacraments to the light that is Jesus Christ. And guess what? That makes us the light. And we are called to be that light in a dark world. May we never snuff it out or cover it over. But no, may we climb to the top of the mountain as best we can and hold that light up for all to see. And it never has to be that complicated. Sometimes it sounds overwhelming. Um, but it, just little, little acts of mercy, little acts of love, little acts of joy and peace to our brothers and sisters around us, whatever their need is to address it, to our families. St. Paul made it clear in that second reading, one of my favorite uh, in the New Testament, he, he, he says, I didn't come here with impressive words and so on and so forth because you see, Paul a couple of weeks, or, or just right before that, he had been uh, ministering to the, some very, very intellectual people in Athens. And it went pretty well, but he didn't, but, but there wasn't like a very passionate response to what he was preaching to the point that at the end of it, they said, you know, Paul, we'll hear, we'll hear you about this another day. Whether that was a put off or they were mildly interested, whatever the case was, they kicked the can down the street and didn't accept that message, that light that Paul was bringing fully into their hearts. So when he got to Corinth, he tells the brothers and sisters in Corinth, he's like, I'm not here to impress you with, with like big words and so on and so forth. I'm here to preach Christ crucified. I'm, I'm here to preach Christ and him crucified. He who died for us, he's there to, to, to preach. Christ is crucified, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That's the simple message. And if we take that message into our hearts and allow it to motivate us and to animate our every move, then it, it's just simplicity. The next step is to take that beautiful message and take the impact that it has had on our hearts and on those around us and carry it out into a world that so desperately needs it. Now, I guess it was about two weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to plug ministries again. It's very important. You know, coming out of, we've, we have a grand tradition of ministry at St. Margaret Mary. Uh, thanks to the leadership of Father Walsh and all of the planning and, and the outreach that has gone on and, and the, the desire to allow people to bring ideas and have them implemented if they're good ideas, uh, this has been going on for years and years. And as we come back from the goings-on of the last few years, we're watching our ministries get rolling again. And we had many people respond at our ministry fair and so forth. But we, brothers and sisters, I just want to stress again, we are in such a beautiful, beautiful environment to like get involved in a ministry and to be just that little spark, to be that little candle, that light in the world and watch it grow because it will grow after we take that first step. And as Paul said, it doesn't have to be complicated. We need but simply to talk to a friend, talk to a priest or deacon, talk to the office. There are so many things that we can help out with and make a big difference in the community to help the bishop carry out his his mission that he's been given for our area as he tries to keep the church on top of that mountaintop, may we join him. Just find some awesome little thing that speaks to you, that, 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 that touches your heart that you've heard about here at St. Margaret Mary, because you are called to one of them. We are all called to something. Each and every one of us are called to great things. There's no doubt about it. That's why God brought us here. That's why God put us on earth. So what is it? May we never put that that God-given call, may we never put that light that we've been entrusted with under a basket. Let's come together as community. Let's, let's go to the top of the mountain and be part of that city on a hill that can be seen from miles and miles away, a bastion of hope. We, each and every one of us, are a part of it. May we answer that call and prayerfully consider how we might do so.
Amen.